0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name's Sam Moses. I'm with my good friend, Matt Garber. And Hello. today's episode is all about ozone, isotope ozone, seven, oh, no. eight, advanced. Which option do you own? Real, cracked, fake? Who knows? But today, know. we are going to discuss our thoughts on it. Disclaimer. We are not sponsored by ozone they don't even know we're doing this episode because we're not that important and everything we're going to say is just strictly our opinion based on our experience so i'm kind of excited about this one i think our uh our gear nerdy nerdy friends audience will enjoy this one and matt are you ready to unpack ozone I'm ready to unpack it. I don't even want to do an intro. This intro is perfect. Perfect. Let's roll. Let's Let's, let's, roll. let's go golf.
1: TO. Not even we're not unpacking it now. <laughs> we're golfing. Are we doing like a little golf clap after like a good monologue? Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yes. I like that. Douchey. <gasps> All right. Okay. So Sam, you just uh, you just downloaded. Isotope ozone. You're legally. It. Legally. Legally. Yes. For the complete record, I do not own it legally. And I've always had the thought because I like seven more than eight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Isotope and say, Hey, can I just buy seven even though you're not selling it anymore? That's all that I want. I don't like the way that eight sounds, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm pretty open that I have a crack of it. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I I really I really don't care. I'm open to buying it, but it's no longer available. Right. I don't like eight, but I'm going to tee you up on why you downloaded ozone. Yeah. Or you can explain why you downloaded it. Sure. And tell people about how you downloaded it. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I never, I've never heard of this before. Okay. I'm probably just like
0: way out of it, living <laughs> in my hole. You might be somewhere in the back.
1: You might woods of
0: Charleston. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ozone 8 Advanced. Let me just put Do that it. out there. I did the advanced version, which is twice as expensive, but you get more things. Whether or not I will use them, we are unsure. But I went on a uh, I went on to Splice, which a lot of people know what Splice is, and I did the rent to own option on Ozone 8 Advance. It costs $19.99 a month and eventually I will own it. And I really I like it. I thought that was cool. I think, I never yeah, knew that, that was a thing. Yeah. Splice started doing that, partnering with companies. Maybe they've been doing it for a lot of years. Um, but I find it to be a much better model than just the subscription because you're actually going to own it eventually. And I think ownership is always better than basically renting um, via subscription and being at the mercy of the company to change or do whatever the heck they feel like at any time as opposed to owning it. So I went on Splice, downloaded it, signed up. But the reason that I got it, um, because I used to not really enjoy ozone, I don't know. I used it years ago, probably four or five years ago, and just felt like it sounded very digital and thin. And um, a lot of the features were there, but I just thought like they sounded really crummy and weren't adding any value or solving any problems that I needed solved. So I kind of dismissed it. But over the years, mainly the last two years to me, um I do a good amount of mix work still as I started as a mixer and I have clients and kind of been putting that back out again. But I found that a lot of producers in town have been mixing into Ozone basically from the start like a mix bus kind of thing. And because Ozone does so much under the hood if you put a preset on it could have, you know, anywhere from like 3 to 8 settings on it, and I found that there had been a big disconnect just based on my observation of feedback of I would get the multi-track sent to me to mix, and they would send me their reference, and usually in my mix specification sheet I send out to my clients, you have to drag and drop the files you're going to send me into a new session, and basically A, B it to your reference and make sure it sounds somewhat close. So, especially if you really like the reference, which most people these days, to me, really like the reference. They've been listening to it forever. The artist likes it. And I found myself over the last couple years mixing way closer to the reference than, say, six years ago when people weren't limiting and throwing on one-size-fits-all presets and kind of getting a, um, I guess, a picture of a finished product but anyway I just noticed I continually felt like I was getting um, multi tracks that just did not sound like the rough and I would mix the multitrack and then send it over and they'd be like oh there's just something missing it sounds like something's different and finally honestly after like four or five projects um, and I got fired off one of them because I just couldn't I couldn't quote unquote beat the rough um Because they had become so attached to what the Ozone presets were doing Hmm. to the track that I lost the project. And then I kind of thought, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. (laughs) So (laughs) I I started communicating with people and basically I can can hear the way Ozone sounds now at this point. I know if someone has used it, I am like batting a 1,000% when I ask producers, hey, this sounds like an Ozone reference or a preset, and they'll say, yeah. So I make them send that to me uh, now, or I was having them do that anyway, so I could see the EQ curves and the exciters and the limiters and dynamic EQs that they were throwing on the mix bus during a session or even a rough mix session that, of course, does not get printed in individually to the tracks. And so there was this big disconnect of I get the multi-tracks, which may have the effects and stuff burnt into them still, but it doesn't have Ozone's, you know, five or six different things that are going on, which to most producers and artists, they think, well, surely this one plugin isn't impacting it that much, like, you, you must just not know how to mix, um, which I know is not the case for me, honestly, because I've been mixing for a long time and have... Plenty of successful projects under my belt. And obviously, I also want to say there are projects I'm not a good fit for. Um, but I observed that I had to educate the producer and say, well, when you put a vintage EQ and an exciter and a spectral shaper and an imager on your mix bus, it's changing every element in Everything. the song. Yeah. And when you don't print that, then mm-hmm. you're basically giving me a set of instructions in a different language and expecting me to figure out, you know, how to build this thing back up Mm -hmm. to match something that's in a different language. So I got smart, and I thought I will just buy Ozone Advanced 8 um, and see what's up. So I did, and I immediately eliminated the... um, The problem I was running into, because I just have the producers now send me screenshots or send me their preset that they were using, and I can now choose to put that on when I start if I want to, um, just to at least have the imaging and the excitement that they had doing, and then I can actually mix into that if I choose, which is what I did the other day, or yeah, yesterday, is I mixed into that, and I made it better... um, in my opinion, and they loved it and thought it was better than their reference, which was a new thing to finally beat the ozone reference first try. And and I think it's because I finally had the right tool, which we talk about a lot of that is gear to me is is a it's a tool and it helps you solve a problem. And even if I don't necessarily love ozone as a whole, you know, and I don't think I will use it that often It doesn't matter if the client's vision includes ozone and this has allowed me to instantly solve a problem and give them, you know, the product they want and the product they've been listening to and the artist signed off on the rough and the producer signed off on the rough. And so now I can give them their rough, but better because I have ozone. So that's what got me into it. Is Um, that golf
1: clap worthy?
0: Yeah, we'll cue a golf clap. So I just want everybody to hear, like, sometimes I told, I had texted Matt, and I was like, I have to swallow my pride, because there's cool things in Ozone 8 Advanced, and I've been a poo-pooer of, -er. uh, well, not a poo-pooer, but I just chose not to use it for a lot of years, um, because I thought it was useless, which is obviously, I've learned, (laughs) so a little bit of wisdom is that basically nothing is useless, it's it can all be a tool, and if it solves the problem, then it's great. But I think Ozone Advanced 8 has some really cool features that we'll talk about, but that is how I got into Ozone and kind of the conversations Matt and I were having that spurred on this episode. So that's my opening monologue one. So Matt, what what's your experience with Ozone? I know you've been using some of it. Um, a lot longer than I have, so I'd love to hear about that.
1: Sam, that was a great monologue. <laughs> one, and as he uh, steps <laughs> over the tee box down to the fairway. <laughs>
0: as he makes his way away from the microphone.
1: <laughs> a little golf voice there.
0: To the tee, Garber Matthews. <laughs> I'm just trying to like say <laughs>
1: as many golf-related things. I love it. I don't know a lot, but I, I, I can't hold my own. Yes. Living in Hilton Head for five years, like You're a golf forced. mecca, I can. I'm I'm well rehearsed. Yeah. So one of my good friends there was a uh, ex pro or whatever from uh, <laughs> An ex-pro- Pebble Beach. Cool. Well, like he was a pro. At yeah, Pebble PGA. G-ish. Yeah. And then he went and worked at Harbor Town, which is where they do. Oh yeah. Right after the Masters, what's that called? The Heritage. Yeah, tournament. So I was well versed in golf. Excellent. Um. <clears throat> I'd always piss the people off, because during the Heritage, I'd turn on NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, I want to see what's going on. It's like, why didn't you get tickets? <laughs> We're watching NASCAR here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ozone. Ozone. Um, I don't know why I started using it way back when. Um, What is this? 2019. So I started... I started really getting into mastering in 2014, and it's I guess when it just kind of got popular. Yeah. And I just really liked it, and I was like, sweet, I can do all of these things in it. And, there, and then as I kind of grew, uh, I've grown out of it, and the only thing I really use now are the EQs. Um, there are a couple cool things that I do... Like, keep in my little bag of tricks, I guess you can call them. I guess everyone... It's not a bag of tricks, but everyone can do it, I guess. (laughs) But, I mean, the EQ is just really good. I've tried switching over to the new FabFilter EQ Mm -hmm. recently, and I think that's pretty cool. But with the FabFilter EQ, I feel like I need to open up several of them because if I'm doing, like, a handful of MS things, like, say the sides are all crazy on a song... But I also want to do some stereo, excuse me, some stereo EQ things. It's like, there's just a lot going on visually. Yeah. That you almost like need to open up a couple instances of it. And it's just like, well, I can just open up several instances of something on Ozone. And I, I'm still fine. Um, I do agree with you when you say that uh, Ozone does have a tone. hmm And... Uh, Not all the times is it a good tone. Um, The EQ, I can normally get away without like having much of a tone. I really like the MS stuff on it. I just like super quick just to get what you need to get taken care of, taken care of. (laughs) And as for like any compression and stuff in ozone, I absolutely hate it. It's just, it's, it's just almost all the time too much. Yeah. And I just, I'm just not a fan of it. Um, The vintage things are cool. The EQ, not the biggest fan of. Tape machine, not the biggest fan of. Um, Vintage compressor is cool if you have a client come back and they want something to sound more warm without having to go back and print something. Mm -hmm. The vintage compressor has been interesting because you can like hop into opto mode and you can kind of like shave off some of those peaks. Granted, you are going to be doing something over everything. That's just how it works. Um, but you do definitely give it a little bit of a warmer sound. So that's kind of cool if you can afford the the dynamic range a little bit, and you didn't like slam it or something like that. So if you can afford the dynamic range, uh, the compressor is actually a cool way to come and do like a really quick revision. Um, yeah, I so said I don't like the dynamics. It's just it's too much. Dynamic EQ, however. Yeah, I well, like it. Take out like a little pen and paper real quick. Let me let me school <laughs> you on a little dynamic EQ. Let's do it. So if you do it mid side, it's a really easy way to widen things because like all you're doing when you're with a stereo widener is through an MS matrix, you're just essentially increasing like the volume right. of the sides. That's all that you're doing. That that that's a widener. Um so, in through doing that, like if you say make, uh, like a what, what am I thinking? Uh, if you make like a shelf on the top end and a shelf on the bottom end, and you essentially have it so that they both expand in the choruses, mm-hmm. like expanding up in the choruses. Well, guess what? Your song just got massive in the chorus. Yep. So, and like it just got more wide if you are doing it in MS mode. So it's like really cool in how to like, how to do that. But I was telling Sam, uh, like, a day or so ago, there's a trick to using the dynamic EQ. And in my very useless opinion, it comes... Like, so long as you have your threshold dialed in well, as to, like, you know what... Like, you're like, okay, I want it to do this. So then, say that you want your kick to be more punchy. The way that I do that is I'll set a bell or like a broad bell over the region where my kick is, and I'll have it, like, already expanded, and I'll actually have it be pulling down. But it pulls down, like, the threshold hits as soon as that kick, like, that that, that beater hits. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's pulling down, so all you have is attack. And it's not like you're you're not capturing any of that resonance. So if, if you have, say, an attack time of 12 milliseconds, and the magic number for everything except for top end <laughs> is I'm just I'm just saying this people can call bullshit all they want <laughs> is 46 milliseconds for some reason that number on low frequency, low mid and like mid or like high mid, like vocals or whatever you want to do, it's just kind of a magical release number. When you get into highs it's somewhere between 73 and 103, and I normally either use one of the two. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on, like, how much recovery you want in that band. So that's always that's always just served me really well. It's like, I just want more definition out of a kick. That low-end trick is exactly what I do. Yeah. And, I mean, if if I, like, if I don't have any low-end, I might go into, like, uh spiff by oak sound and be like okay what am i playing with here yeah and i might dial in something and see if there's any transient stuff that i can dial up um and then if i need to keep building that dynamic eq is tasty yeah so but then like if you want the vocals to kind of do like a little bit of a shine or something like that you essentially find that frequency in the vocal range call it somewhere I mean, I'm finding female vocals typically will drift lower than like males. At least recently, it's like with females, I'm kind of finding like like I don't. I might just have a lot of females with like lower voices, hmm. but it's like 800 to like 1400. Hmm. Whereas a guy, I'm finding like 1400 to like. Sixteen hundred is like the yeah. sweet spot. Yeah, but it's like I, I guess I guess yeah. One of the projects was it was kind of like it was a singer songwriter. It was like a super like floaty airy type vocal. Yeah, um, but like kind of in the lower range. So yeah, I think it. So I mean, yeah, that 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 does make sense. It, like her she was like eight hundred to twelve hundred. It's kind of where you wanted that bell, but it was a broad bell. And I I had the boost at, I think maybe like. db or something like that and so anytime it would get crazy it would it would bring out the vocal whenever it was like initially doing whatever it's going to do but if she went nuts with singing i would have it so that it would the threshold and attack and release and everything it would pull that vocal down so it sounded like she was slowly pulling away from the mic Mm -hmm. so sam probably didn't hear that but i just pulled away from the mic (laughs) so um but yeah, it it gave that effect, like kind of like uh if you have someone on stage or something like that who's a well-trained vocalist and they'll like pull away from the mic a little bit if they're ever just gonna belt it. Um so it, it kind of gave that that effect, and it, it turned out really well, and the client was super happy with it. Um post-equalizer is cool. Imager I hate. <laughs> Imager I just use to see, okay, how much low end is actually on the sides. Mm-hmm. And that's how I use that. I do not tune that at all. I do not widen or narrow or do anything with image with that. It's like, it is, that is a destructive element in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the Maximizer in 7, in my opinion, sucks. Uh, the Vintage Limiter is really nice, and that is vice versa in 8. I think the Vintage Limiter in 8 is terrible, and I think the Maximizer is beautiful. Um it's, like, super clean, and I don't use it unless I have, like, pop stuff that, like, I'm not even coming out of the box. So, mm-hmm. that's how I use that. Everyone who does a, he- they quote, quote, unquote, a heated master or a heated mix always use that dang exciter. Yep. And I hate it. Yep. I hate it. Everyone uses it, and it's like, man, that sound is not a good sound. Stop using that. Um, Once again, my terrible opinion. <laughs> um... But, yeah. Oh, the one thing in 8 that I do have that I really like is that Spectral Shaper. Yeah. And here's why. It's the compressor that is not advertised as a compressor. And it's like when I can't grab something with Soothe and I can't grab it with the Weiss uh, de-esser that I have from Softube, that is awesome. You should get that if you're if you have an extra couple bucks and you just you're having little problems with digititis. <laughs> that thing is tasty. Um, if I can't grab it with Soothe, and I can't grab it with the Weiss, and I can't grab it with an EQ or a dynamic EQ, and the source material is not screaming loud, the Spectral Shaper is great. It's like the last th- thing that I will try. And nine times out of ten, it will work, and it will grab what you want it to grab. Mm-hmm. Um but if your source material is just slamming and stupid loud, I mean, there, there's there's no hope for it because um, it's just going to immediately exceed the threshold yeah. that it, it has set. And it's, it's not going to be useful to you. But you can dial it in. and You can set it really nice. So that's kind of what I like and don't like about isotope, ozone. Excellent. So I think it's a cool tool. I think it is too. And how you can set stuff and for people who are getting into mastering or mixing or something like that, I think it's a really quick way to learn gain staging. Yeah. And it's a really quick way. If you do want to get into measuring uh level with luffs, it's a good way to do that. It's a if you do like if you do believe in and want all your stuff to come out at minus 14 loves. I think there's a helper.
0: Yeah, there is. In
1: the maximizer in 8. That's kind of cool. Um I've done it. It's neat. I don't want to use it, but if you like that kind of thing, then that's good. Yeah. But I think it's great for people who are getting in. Yep. And I think it's a I think it's a great jumping off point, but do I think it's like the one-stop shop that it kind of makes itself out to be? Not really. Yeah. So that's kind of where I begin and end with Ozone. Love it. It's great. You know what is good? I just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is good in it is it has this codec in it. Yes. I was where talk about that. you you can actually hear what your stuff is gonna sound like at different bit rates. Um As an AAC, as an MP3, Mm -hmm. and you can preview that codec, and then um, I think you can also yeah you can also dither through it. I haven't dithered through it forever. I do all my dithering with the uh, either the Pro L2, or if I'm not doing anything too crazy, I might wait until I get to Triumph to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found that the dither in it is really nice. Yep. Eight, I think, is better than seven when it comes to dither. And then there's one of them where you're able to actually audition. What is it? Oh, no, no, yeah, it's back on the codec side. You're able to audition, like, the artifacts that are being removed.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: So it's like, say that you make your, th- your track an MP3. You can audition, like, From your music, what actually is being removed, or if you like sample down or something like that, you can see, holy crap, they're removing a lot, and you can kind of understand like what's happening and why something is happening, and then you can kind of plan for that if you're if you want to go down that rabbit hole, right? So, I mean, it's cool, it's cheesy, it's a great (laughs) jumping off point if you want like an all in one type thing, just to kind of get into it and to mess around and to get great visual, visualizations for what certain types of gear is doing. I mean, if you just got into an EQ, like an analog EQ, had no idea about bands or anything else, and mm-hmm. just like were twisting something, it gives you a great visualization, like for a beginner right. of what's going on. And for <laughs> someone who is experienced in doing stuff, it's like you should feel at home relatively quick. Yeah. And you can get to A to B to whatever you want to do within a certain digital realm. You can do it pretty quick. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think I'm done. I don't think I'll cut you off anymore. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how you behave. See how I behave. <laughs> yeah. To um, so make sure you don't get out of line.
0: I really like the uh, 8. Advance has the gain match. Does 7
1: have that? Oh, yeah, it does um, the uh oh, right next to the bypass, yeah, yeah, it doesn't say in game match, but you have a big bypass button, and then there's like an ear, yeah, next to the bypass, and essentially it's like you can unbypass and bypass and just kind of like hear only what you are doing right, as opposed to like the level change, yeah, it's kind of a it's like you wish more things did have that,
0: right, yeah, I found the game match to be really. Helpful, which you know i I usually level match manually in the box, and I know like um Ian Shepard had the perception e q or not e q mm-hmm. plugin that would do basically gain match to do a a side by side, but this I found this is a it's instant all within the plugin, and mm-hmm. I used it the last two days, even if I didn't use ozone, I used it strictly. For the gain match, um, which obviously I had ozone on, but I had nothing on processing except gain match. Um, but I found that to be really helpful um, to use quickly to see if you're actually making it, improve, you know, improving it, or if it's just being louder. And also within that, I've always, not always, but last few years I've said, you know, it should sound different if you are mastering. Like, proper volume matching, to me, is at the end of the day, kind of irrelevant in that you're manipulating things so it's going to sound different. Um, And if you're going to compress anything and then volume match it to something that's uncompressed, the compressed signal is probably still going to always sound better because it's just more in your face, always, Mm -hmm. um, from the start. So you almost always, the more dynamic will lose through if you listen start to finish to a song because the quieter parts in the dynamic song sound drastically quieter (laughs) than the compressed Mm song that's always compressed and in your face. um, Obviously, to like
1: a moderate degree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you slam anything and it's going to... I mean, I just, just want to make sure it's not like someone's going and slamming stuff in their A, B and it's like, nope, Sam's wrong. Right, yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you slam anything. Well, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Right. right, right. It's like, to a moderate degree, if you're... Like using decent, well-educated judgment, you should right.
0: have like a pretty uh
1: similar experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that feature. I like the codec feature. I like the dithering. It sounded good. I usually dither with the fab filter, um, the Pro L2. I think it sounds really good. Uh I found the dynamic EQ to be awesome. Um, I like dynamic EQ. I think that is the sound of modern music, a lot of it, um, to me, to my ears. And so I found the Ozone Dynamic EQ in 8 to be really great. I feel like it is able to tame things, or I guess basically compress things, um, and make them more in your face without taking up space. And I found the Maximizer to be pretty solid. I used to hate the Maximizer when I last... Used ozone years ago, um, which is, sounds maybe like seven wasn't great either. But I found eight mm. uh, this to be extremely transparent up to about five dB. Actually, um, mm. I I was just seeing how far. Anytime I get a new plug in or piece of gear, I just push it as hard as I can to see what does that sound like. Um, and I found like up to five, I could almost get away with it um, without feeling like it's grabbing stuff, which mm. is Pretty impressive to me. And I do feel like um, if I get something that's super hot, I will often bypass my outboard limiters and just finish in the box limiting. I'll do some EQ out of the box. But I found that when things are super hot already, Mixwise sent to me, that out of the box compression limiting to me is pretty much a wash uh, in that it seems to either bring out artifacts that are tucked into that hot mix already that were missed, or mm-hmm. it just makes it feel even thinner. Um, so I find myself EQing out of the box and then coming back in and using a limiter. And I could see myself using the maximizer um, from Ozone as a different flavor to the fab filter if I need it in the box. Um, one thing I did find to be fun, I almost feel like Ozone to me is like a good educator as you were talking about more than anything. If you didn't know anything about audio or gain staging or mastering or even just EQs and limiters, um, I feel like you could learn a lot just by having Ozone if you actually spend the time learning about it which to me is the biggest issue with accessibility to so many tools. Um, I know a lot of people have no idea what they're doing. They're just pulling up Greg Calby's presets and applying them and thinking this must be correct, much like we do in other plug-in companies that have presets from known people. Um, so obviously the tool can be dangerous or destructive and not serving the song of the best if you choose not to educate yourself and choose not to take responsibility for the tool and the power that's been given to you. Um, but I found the master assistant function to be not helpful in mastering, but helpful in showing me what other people's stuff is doing EQ wise. Um, Mm. I had a client who had a previous. How uh,
1: interesting, you use it as a diagnostic tool.
0: Exactly, that's really how kind of
1: interesting.
0: How I find it to be useful? Um, <laughs> it's my head blowing up? Yeah, I found it to be. <laughs> I never even
1: thought of that?
0: Pretty much useless for, um, for using, <laughs> as like as a preset or for it to just manipulate the audio, but I found it really helpful to. S- for it to quickly analyze other people's tracks if you do the reference, because you can add up to 10 tracks in Ozone 8, the one I have advanced. I don't know if 7 is like that. But it'll analyze all 10 tracks or whatever tracks you want, any parts, you know, courses if you're matching courses, and show you, you know, the curves and what it would do differently from your song to that song. And I found that immediately to basically give away the secrets um, of people's sound, which then I can choose to either be like, oh, that's neat. I didn't know, you know, it appears that they're dipping out 10 dB between 300 and 500 um, and then a huge boost here. It's really got me thinking about how are these people making these sounds, like what's the sonic shape of, you know, a Katy Perry song or a Justin Bieber song or a, um, you know, Taylor Swift song, whatever the artist is, it's really been fun just to watch it, analyze it and spit out all these. Cause it'll rebuild the chain for you of how it gets to the end product. So that's what I found fascinating is that, you know, it'll throw whatever it does, be it an EQ to a compressor, to this, to that, to that, to that, to get you to the end product. Um, So I've just found that interesting because I think it's, you know, it may not be even close to accurate to what they're doing in their chain, but it's at least kind of showing here's how you could get there. And I found that to be really fun to do. And I found it to be helpful actually in diagnostic, using it as a diagnostic tool for someone who had someone else master or mix a song previously. And they came to me and there were things they liked about the other tune and they were like, we really like this and this and this about it. I was able to do the master assistant and see before I started just like what's going on basically. And then I could kind of shape my song to maybe have some of those elements that makes it a little more cohesive, which to me is obviously in mastering. I'm starting to get more and more stuff that's been mastered from, you know, someone else. And then I get some stuff and then it's my job to put it all together. Um, And so it helps kind of make it all cohesive. But also just, you know, within mixing too is there's a lot of people, most albums have lots of mixers now um, for the most part, pop stuff. And I've found it to be helpful if they're like, here's the single, here's another single that's coming out. And here we hired you to do this one because we like this, but we still need it to sound similar. I found running master assistant on it real quick is a great way to just kind of get a get a little cheat sheet. That's what it feels like. It feels like a cheat sheet. Um, obviously, you have to know how to interpret it. Once again, empowering yourself. I only know how to take advantage of it because I know what a dynamic EQ does. I know what a Maximizer does, Spectral Shaper, Imager, etc. And I've spent the time learning those things. But I think it's got some cool, cool tools, and I found it to be more useful for just analyzing things than using it to actually do the mastering. Um, I'm probably... Like, I'll probably use a lot of the Kodak, the dithering, the gain matching master-assistant stuff. I think that's where I see myself using it more so as a utility tool almost um, Mm. than actually using, I guess, what it's for, which is, you know, throw... EQ, like a one-stop shop thing, which I have no issues really with a one-stop shop thing if it feels like it serves the song well and you know how to use it well. But I don't know. I found it fascinating. I think it's it's interesting to the, what it calls vintage and what it calls modern and analog and digital. Um, it's just been interesting to see what they, you know, have obviously claimed they have analyzed thousands of, I guess they didn't say hit songs, but just popular songs um, and deemed, you know, this is modern, this is orchestra, this is bass heavy, this is this, and to see what they think is that. And I found that too to be like pretty pretty spot on of the curves mm-hmm. or things like that. Um, which, you know, it's always good to educate yourself of the market you're in because the market like will dictate you know, the value and, and what I need to do. And, you know, if clients like the way the current top 40 stuff sounds then, and they hire me, then I need to be able to honor that and know how to use tools to get that. And I'm sure there's tons of, I know Greg Calvi at Sterling uses ozone all the time. I mean, his presets are in ozone. Um, I found them to all just be bright, bright and brighter. um, as far as settings go, which is kind of a lot of mastering guys go to thing is just make it brighter and more present, which kind of makes you initially go, this is better instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I think Greg Calby does amazing work on a lot of stuff. I, I find it hard to believe that the quality of mixes he, he does, that those presets would work or that he would have to do that much work on them um based on the presets but i don't know it's just kind of fun to always have a preset of someone you you like and be like oh what what are they doing or what's their approach and i'm assuming he spent some time doing that but um yeah my overall conclusion with ozone 8 is that it sounds modern and by modern i mean kind of like scooped smiley face um it's it's i did like a master assistant for fun on a track, and it sounded awesome on earbuds and iPhone, which I found interesting, but sounded kind of terrible in my studio and in any full-range system. felt very kind of thinned out. Um, so I found that to be kind of interesting of some of the modern settings and presets they have. I felt like when I listened on the iPhone, it sounded really great as far as you know translating what was happening in the song, but then anything outside of that, anything beyond a, you know, a 10 cent speaker, it sounded pretty rough. Um, so, you know, once again, it's like the consumer, the market dictates all of that. So I know the market is mainly earbuds, iPhones, Bluetooth, small speakers, and car speakers that are, if you have a new car, they're all super scooped. And if you have an old car, it just sounds terrible anyway. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like earbuds basically. Um, so I don't know. I found it all interesting. I'm still taking it all in. Like I don't. These are all gut reactions and initial reactions. Um, but overall, I would say I am impressed. I would say I find it to be useful and helpful. I would say that I give isotope Ozone a A for making um a great product with a lot of great tools for next to no cost. Um, I mean, people. Some people think. It's really expensive. I think Advanced is like $450, um, which is a, a lot for a plug-in, but, I mean, you're basically like getting... what you're getting. You're getting a whole suite. <laughs> I would pay that money just for the amount of metering, codec dithering that they have, especially at the mastering level. That stuff, to me, is really important now um, with the amount of codecs we run into, dithering. Um, so... I give it an A plus, you know, A A plus. It's gonna stay. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it outright. Um, you know, eventually with the rent to own thing, I'll probably buy it sooner, just pay it off. But I would say, kind of like you said, Matt, if you want to get into mastering or something, it could be a really great way. Crash course on. Here are things we could use potentially in the mastering stage to enhance or tame the mix to to meet your client's end goal. I would just highly encourage everyone to, like, super educate yourself on each part. Like, read the manual, go on the website, um, you know, watch YouTube videos of people, how they use it, and then figure out if it fits into your workflow or not. But I am, uh, like like I said earlier, I texted Matt and I said I have to swallow my pride and say I like Ozone 8 Advanced. So... I'm sure I'm going to use it. I'm sure it's going to help me. It's already helped me in saving time, which to me the plugin's already paid for itself in the last few days of work. Um, but yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about it. Honestly, nice. So you got a, you got anything else thoughts?
1: I mean, <clears throat> maybe just a little. Like <laughs> I think like all that I'm using right now is. Maybe it is like the main a- EQ and then maybe the post EQ. Yeah. Besides that, not really too much. The Like 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 we've said, the dynamic EQ is cool. The, to me, vintage limiter is cool. Uh, but I 100% agree what you said with the Maximizer and 8 is that it does make stuff sound a bit thin on like actual speakers. And I'd almost go in to say that like most of eight to me does sound a little more brittle than seven and seven just might be seven might just be like more tubby sounding than eight does. Right. But it's like, I would say that eight is a more clean sounding version of ozone. Um, But I'd be curious, like what they did, like on the background, just besides like putting the spectral shaper and uh, like what all they did. And if anyone from Isotope is listening and wants to sell me a copy of uh Seven, just uh <laughs> you uh you let me know. I actually saw somebody on Gearsluts who was selling Seven. Oh cool. and I was like, I can afford sixty dollars. No yeah. I never reached out to him. Oh, you need to buy that. <laughs> Support the industry, I Matt. I know. Yeah. It's like most of my stuff that I was using that was uh not the most legal version of the software has been purchased. And I think ozone is like the last part but yeah. i don't really use it that much anymore besides the eq but i use the eq so i should probably buy it for 60 bucks man
0: 60 bucks is a drop in the bucket man 60
1: bucks is a drop in the bucket so but yeah i like what we've i like what we've said i like your initial impressions and i'm curious to see how it evolves if nothing else i feel like you getting it kind of moves you closer to what your client is hearing. Absolutely. And if they're obsessed with it and that's the sound that they've kind of been going for and there's any bit lacking, I mean, that's kind of like one of the main tools that right. you can definitely pull out. And it just, it's just kind of interesting because around the time that uh, it got popular is right around the time that every other little mastering consoles started popping up. Yeah. Whether it was the Slate FGX, that Lorison mastering console recently that Brainworks mastering console. Um there might be one or two other ones, but those are kind of the those are kind of the big ones. And just seeing how everything is working as a quote unquote one stop shop
0: mm-hmm.
1: is just it's an interesting way to master. Right. Um and I think that Ozone does give you the most customizability. Is that right? Customizable. Yeah. I mean, whatever.
0: it's got like unlimited to me. I mean, as far as like yeah. if you pulled up one of these types of plugins from a different company, it's got all the features, you know, and that's something I appreciate about it is um, I feel like Isotope in general. I mean, like RX is incredible for repair. Like there's no, oh my gosh, there's no, <laughs> how other many projects that has saved of mine? Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You know, they've got a cool, a bunch of effects, delays. I I bought a couple delays from them um, for a, just because they're fun toys. But yeah, that's what I think I appreciate about Ozone and Ice And if someone from Ice is listening ever, I feel like there's there's such a difference when you give someone a one-stop shop, but then you also give them every parameter to customize still. And that to me is the sign that a company like Ozone knows they're making products mainly for a professional still, but they've been able to kind of give accessibility to the amateur hobbyists and help guide them almost in a way of an educational process of, here's what we would do for this. You know, we would do a gain stage dynamics into this, into that, and do a limiter or a maximizer. And I feel like a lot of those presets, or the one-stop shop, I mean, like the Master Desk from Brainworks. Was that what it is? Master Desk? Mastering Desk? Who knows? It's like, that's just like random knobs, and the manual reads like a... The foundation knob. Yeah, the manual just reads like a total disregard for, A, any professional, and B, for mastering and the art of it. And I feel like Ozone has respected mastering in a way of saying... There is really no one-size-fits-all, and so here's a bunch of tools that can help you enhance or tame, and you can reorder them and manipulate them, you know, in infinite ways. Um, Doesn't the manual for the Master Desk by BrainWorks say, now your drummer can be a mastering engineer? It does. That's how it ends. That's my favorite part. <laughs> so that that's
1: how, I mean, it's, like, it's kind of like a... Slap in the face, joke, that right. thing, but right. I mean, I mean, I get it, so yeah, you know, but anyway, whatever. I actually, I actually wrote Isotope a while back and I said, Yo, I didn't start with yo, <laughs> yo, I'm this, so okay. yo, yo, if like no one is really making like a mastering DAW, yeah. Could be an interesting field. Lots of processing, but it kind of seems like you have a lot of the stuff already built.
0: Exactly. I like that idea that
1: you would put into it. It's like charge, like seriously, like charge a mastering doll rate. Like charge two grand for it. Right. Include all like your stuff. Include the most current version of RX.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Include your most current version of Ozone, or I don't know. For me, you can include like you know way back the way back machine version <laughs> of ozone I don't know, I think I think they have some cool stuff going on and I think you have a lot of stuff built right that would already be able to be supported in a mastering daw no one got back to me but I still think it's a really good idea
0: I think it is too
1: <laughs> just ask me right um I think it'd be great to make a mastering daw the people who you said the people who uh run triumph just split so Yes they did we're going to be sad. in the market I have I have somebody who keeps writing me that I need to switch to Wavelab, and I'm like, I don't know. might try it. I hear 10's coming out. Yeah. Might look into it. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yes. But, oh, well. I think the only thing I don't really care for with how ozone works is that you can only select, like, one thing once. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, if I wanted to make smaller moves... Yeah. Like... And if I wanted to stack small moves, I can't really do that too well. Yeah, uh, I have to kind of make like that larger move in order to do some stuff. So that would like like I can't like it. I mean, it kind of negates itself having like an EQ and a post EQ. But like, if I wanted to put like two vintage limiters on, because mm-hmm. mastering you stack limiters right um, to a degree. You can't do that. You can only bring, bring up a vintage limiter once. That would be the only thing that I would request. Yeah. Is that you can stack stuff more than once. But whatever. I mean, small little, small little critique. But besides that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. So EQ works for me. I'm a fan. So, anywho. Let's wrap. I think that's, uh, that's Ozone in a nutshell. Perfect. So uh we got we got a little bit of uh you know the the, the music music going on.
0: Yeah, we're cute it. We got a little music? We a little, uh, put a little music on We make you working on that music set we're the mood. on the track.
1: <laughs> you wanna set the mood?
0: I'm gonna set the mood.
1: <laughs> That's Sam's low voice. <laughs> I don't have a low voice. The very white voice.
0: Oh hold on, I'm gonna
1: turn off the turn off the high pass filter <laughs> and you can put it in the mood. <laughs> It's probably high-pass filter, uh, though. Yeah, people have to tell me, do you like the high-pass filter
0: or not? I, I mean, mean I use a high-pass filter wrapping this on up. you when I edit, so.
1: <laughs> well, no, I have it on my
0: pre. Right, but I'm saying I put it on your channel strip anyway. <laughs> uh, I guess my voice is a bit boomy. It is. It's great.
1: Well, when I turn it off, I can get the, the Barry White going. <laughs> you get that uh, what's it called when you get too close to the mic and your voice gets deeper what is that proximity, proximity effect proximity effect yeah you get that go- Yeah, when I wake up in the morning or if like I have a cigar like voice is just really deep <laughs> it's great anywho <laughs> this anywho. is derailed far more than the golf conversation <laughs> did in the beginning who knows we'll even keep that anywho anywho Sam you got some music queued up que- I imagine yes. within the last four minutes oh yeah and whatever y'all are having Have a darn good one. Thanks for listening, putting up with us. Catch y'all in the next episode.
0: Cue the music. Cueing.